Hello, hello. This is the second official after party, but the first official after party that we are actually potentially be live on. Um, so this is going to be a yes. Oh my God, it worked. Thank you. Yay. yay. Just yay. <laughs> okay, so first official after party. Um, what we're going to be doing is now that the lovely Margot is here. Hello, Drew. Welcome, welcome. We are going to be recapping the episode from this week. We are going to be talking about what you had to say about the topic this week. And then we're going to be answering your questions and doing any live coaching. And then we'll be getting to know Margo a little bit better with some fun questions that we have um, in store for later. So I'm super excited. Make this interactive. This is going to be fun. Definitely put any comments that you have in um, to there's a little bubble at the bottom of your screen with a question mark in it. Put them there if you haven't previously asked so that we can put them on screen so everybody can see them. And that's what we're going to be doing here. Um, one quick note about housekeeping. You do not have to keep it clean. We swear here that it's called shit I wish someone told me. So that is a-okay. But you do have to keep it kind, ladies and gentlemen. So please do remember that. Um, otherwise, let's get into it. So yeah. Margo is here with us. This is... Um, Margo Harris of Calm Cookie underscore Kids Yoga and also Anxiety Warriors podcast um, available on YouTube and wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And this week, what we spoke about in Should I Wish Someone Told Me episode 57 is creating a life on your own terms. And it was an awesome conversation. I've had a lot of things come up for me personally throughout the week. I'm excited to hear what, if anything, has come up for you. But um, let's just recap really quick what we talked about. Um, so that everyone who hasn't watched it yet can be on the same page whenever we, you know, move forward with this conversation. Yeah. So um, first of all, I just I'm so grateful that we got a chance to connect, and uh, we had such a blast, Abby and myself, having you on our show, episode yeah. five of Anxiety Warriors podcast. For anyone listening now or later, you have to listen to Jana talk to um, the both of us over there. We had so much fun with you. Um, so, and this conversation was so fantastic when we had our pre-conversation i was like oh man i really want to think of all the things that i wish i would have known and believe me there was so many that swam through my brain with the yeah. three that i focused on and that was like the focus of our call um and your show was uh number one you do not need to know everything before you get started this was some shit that i had deep rooted in me. And again, I'm not really a hundred percent sure how I learned this. I think right. so, so much of it is just like conditioning and the way we're raised and our media. Um, but I felt like I needed to know everything before I even got started with whatever it was. So that was number one. Number two, um, community is everything. And having the support of other people is not a weakness. It's a strength. And so, that is definitely some more shit that I do not know where it came from, but I learned it somewhere or it was just in my own like sick, twisted mind. I have no idea, but I really wish I knew earlier that I did not have to do everything alone. I didn't need to be alone in my struggle or my feelings yeah. and that seeking community felt supportive enough that then I could go ahead and help others get to where I was. So that was number two. And number three was, Oh, this one's my favorite, letting go of the world's expectations of you. And so this is, again, I think, I think it's the most important one. They're all important to me personally, at least. And I hope to more of you. Yes, Adi saying right on. Yes, Adi, I know you feel me on that. Um, letting go of society's expectations of you 
is definitely, well, I should say, I'll speak for me, has been a game changer in helping me to become the best version of myself and helping me to um, remain grounded and curious and open about all the ways in which I was tamed. Mm. And now I feel like I'm super, super untamed. Um, shout out to one of my heroes, Glennon Doyle. I'm always quoting her. I'll be quoting her till the day I die. Um, and just breaking out of the cages that the world tells us we're supposed to be in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so glad that we are doing this new format with the episode on Monday and then yeah. us doing this live to hear, you know, what you had to say, who's listening and watching and also like for ourselves, because um, I'm a big proponent of, you know, practicing what you preach. And I think that, you know, your reticular activating system, that's like whenever, you know, you say you want a red car and suddenly red cars are everywhere. That that's essentially your filtration system and you telling your brain like, Hey, pay attention to these kinds of things. Um, and with that being said, it's something where what's been happening like the past couple of weeks, because this is only week two in this new format is that, you know, we talk about the stuff on Monday and, you know, in our previous sessions, but like I always listen back to the episode, like when it comes out and, um, then throughout the week, we have the opportunity to kind of like see how it's like integrated and how it's applied in our own lives. And, you know, even when you were just saying now about um, community and about, you know, trying to get all the information and about um, letting go of expectations, like these are all things that like, it was great while I was having the conversation with you. And even now listening to you, like say it back, I'm like, I think that I see that in so many different places, like a conversation that I have with someone, Amy from Blonde is Natural. So Blonde is Natural, yes. Yeah, B-L-O-N-N-D-I-S, Natural. Um, she slid into my DMs and we started having a conversation about how we need to like really reframe what it means to be productive, right? And so that kind of hits on... Um, you know, two of the things that like two of the three things that you said, right? Like society expectations. And I made a post about this as well, about how we really live in this age where productivity and busyness is like glamorized and glorified. And it's kind of something that we wear as like a badge of honor. But what's really happening is we're burning ourselves out and we're exhausted. And are we even, you know, running in the right direction? Like, <laughs> So it was cool to, you know, have that realization and to like check myself, right? Mm. Because I was like, and this is what the post is about. Like, I'm someone who I'm like, okay, I need to get all these things done today. And then if I don't, I'm like, well, well fuck, you know, like, yeah, how instead of how can I make this work for me, my thought process before this week, before our conversation was like, how can I get more done in a day? And then after I kind of started to, I listened to our conversation back. I talked to Amy about what she was saying in terms of like rest and, um, you know, that rest is productive. And I was like, you know, perhaps it's not even that I need to figure out how to do more of these things. It's just that I need to figure out like which of these things are actually going to impact, make the impact that I want to have kind of thing right. which are which would what's going to be good for me helping others what's going to be good for my business what's going to be good for serving me and being able to show up and do all this instead of like how can I check all how can I put more checks on my to-do list <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we talked a lot about the to-do list on on the show I mean 
it's just you are you immediately overwhelm yourself with so much to do that you're never going to get any of that shit done it's not possible yeah and i just see robin's a good friend of of mine and abby's on the podcast and she said doing nothing is productive yes it's yeah. like you need to recharge your batteries to show up for your community that you're trying to nourish and cultivate to get your work done to be present with your friends and family or whatever you're, you need to not overwhelm yourself with the 30, 30 or 300,000 tasks because then you get nothing done and guess what? Your community is not served and you're not served. Yes. You just said you're going to be way faster to burn out. Just way faster. Yes. And whenever, like even now, like I said, it's something where we had the conversation and now I'm listening back and like even more things are coming up for me. And whenever you were just saying now about, you know, asking for help and like reaching out for community and how it's a strength and not a weakness. What came up for me just in the moment was like, I think so many of us don't say how we're actually feeling. So many of us don't say, you know, actually I'm, I'm really burned out because we don't want to be perceived as projecting like, you know, our emotional baggage on someone else or, or dumping, emotionally dumping on someone else. And we don't want to be perceived as like a Debbie Downer. And like when we, I love that you pointed out like it's a strength because when we are vulnerable like that, you are modeling the behavior for others to be vulnerable as well. And you're validating their experience. And so instead of all of us, you know, just like feeling some kind of way and not saying anything about it, we're like, hey, you know what? Me too. And it feels good to just like get that off of your chest. Yeah, it's like pretending we have our shit together when we don't. And nobody yes. has their shit together. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, and that's the unfortunate thing about social media and is that everyone feels like they need to perform and put on a show in order to yes. gain followers, to get new clients, to be liked or loved or validated. And like, yeah, we need to, we need some of that love reflected to us, right? It helps to build up our self-esteem and our confidence and our own self-worth. But we also are so attached to that external belonging sometimes that it can be really, really tough to get off that hamster wheel, bringing it back to our episode. We talked so many, I mean, the hamster wheel is such a great metaphor for <laughs> so many of the things we talked about. Just like being in that go, go, go mentality. And it's like, we're trying to create that life that we want on our own terms, right? That's That was the point of our whole conversation. But all we're doing is spinning and spinning and spinning <laughs> and we're never actually getting anywhere. Yeah, And it's because we, don't hold up the mirror to, for ourselves or for our community. It's because we forget that we need internal support. We need to do a lot of inner work in order to be able to show up also. And so, gosh, I mean, it's just, it feels like what, as soon as you start overloading your plate with all the things you should, you feel like you should be doing, you're already setting yourself up to fail. Like, yeah. and then you won't be able to create that life that you deserve, that we yeah. all deserve. Yeah. Yeah, the the hamster wheel. We had some really good analogies in the that bus. conversation. <laughs> the bus, the hamster wheel, and I don't think that we. So this is something else that came up, I believe, afterwards. And like, I don't think this is on. I'm pretty sure this is not in our actual episode. But correct me if I'm wrong. So in thinking about it in terms of like us being on a hamster wheel, like I was saying, like we're just hauling ass, you know, to nowhere or to some somewhere we don't want to go, and it's a matter of you know. <laughs> getting in that little ball like remember you had the ball for the hamsters where like yeah. you were still kind of like protected and like running into things but yeah. you were at least then able to like go on down the hallway kind of a thing right you can leave the room 
or you could at least like bounce around the room. And I feel like that's similar to kind of what it's like when you create your own life. If you aren't mm-hmm. mindful of like where you're going and sometimes even when you are, you're still going to bump into shit. Like you're yeah. still going to kind of <laughs> not be so graceful about it. And so, yeah, I love the hamster, all the hamster analogies. Um, but yeah, those were a couple of things that came up for me this week. Did anything specifically come up for you since we kind of had this in like the forefront of our minds? I mean, yeah. So like, like you, I always re-listened, especially when I'm on something, I'm like, okay, I've got to hear it. Like I listened to it back and I was just like smiling through because not only because I just had so much fun with you and re-listening was fun. conversation was brought my heart a lot of joy. Um, but when I was in reflection mode after listening to it, I was like, I spent the rest of this week just remembering all the nuggets that I want to have everyone that listened take away, which is not to overwhelm your plate, to come up with those three things that you can realistically do, creating those sustainable habits for yourself so you can keep breaking out of that hamster wheel or ball or whatever and actually get to the places you want to go and create that life that's totally yours. And so like, I just found myself excited by some of the things that we talked about. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? You haven't been practicing what you preach as much lately, Margo. Like, where's your list of three things for the last few days? I've been like dropping the ball, right? And like, just real talk, it's like, having that conversation was like, oh yeah, this always served me really well. That's why I wanted to talk about it on the show with you. But I would open my notebook and I'm like, okay, it's been a couple of days since I like really was mindful about my tasks. And so like, girl, practice what you're preaching, right? It's like, so it was a great way to remind myself, like you may be able to, we all may be able to share words of wisdom and things that have worked for us time and time again in the past. But if we're not continually practicing them and employing them in our day-to-day lives, then you know our words are worth nothing and so it was a great reminder for me like practice what you preach these these habits sustain you they feel good they work so why has the ball been dropped right but while also being compassionate to myself like a human being we just had a holiday weekend i have family in town like and it's okay that i drop the ball and being real about it we're all gonna drop the ball sometimes and so i've had some nice aha moments for myself since our episode um, I see Abby's here on our podcast. I was very confused. I was like, because I run the social over on Anxiety Warriors. So I was like, okay, that's definitely Abby. I feel better now. Oh, hi, You're Abby. confused. I was just I like, was... anxiety. Half half of you just came in. Right? Yeah, I was like, welcome. That's some weird woo-woo shit right there. <laughs> but how? But how, though? Yeah, I was like, damn, she is good. <laughs> Abby just said, whoops. Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm just completely thrown off now. So thank you for that. Um, Abby's used to me being completely thrown off, but yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like I've had, I've had plenty of time to reflect on all the things we talked about. And so it's given me the reminder, like, don't forget your own habits. Don't forget the things that you're trying to help others to find or remember for themselves. Yeah. 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 And I I mentioned that this offered me the opportunity to kind of check myself. And so as I was moving through this week, as I was thinking about, yeah, the things that you shared, um, I love that. So I think I disclose, I, I definitely do on the podcast or on our episode where I talk about how whenever you mentioned, like, if you make a to-do list of like 30 things, then you're already fucked. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel so seen. And so what I did after listening back, I was like, you know, 
three might be too few for me. 30, like she's right. That's too much. Like I'm screwing myself every day and not in a good way. And so I was like, let me take some important domains, right? So like myself, personal, mm -hmm. and my business. And also like, you know, administratively, but also like client side. So there's three things. Let me take three things I can do within those three things. And so uh -huh. that's only nine things. And so, and it wasn't like, you know, these crazy, like outrageous things. They were doable things. And so it felt really good to have all those things done. And yeah. I'm like... I mean, positive psychology, like that's going to have better results on like my mood and my self-esteem and my inner trust, and my ability to get shit done. And so yeah. I'm like, let's like keep, keep on keeping on with this. So yeah. I love that you made it work for yourself. Like you took what I do and you're like, that sounds great. And I get it from like the, you know, standing back, like looking at it perspective, but how can I apply it? That feels really organic and awesome to you. Like that is that's so freaking beautiful. I love that because it's like we were saying on the show too, what works for me may not work for you. What works right. for you may not work for me. And it's like finding, I believe you use the word systems a lot. And I, that's something, another takeaway that I, that I've taken from our conversation in like reflection mode. It's like thinking about the systems that are in place in various aspects of my life and what needs to be thrown out completely, what needs to be overhauled or cleaned yeah. up. Um, yeah, so I love yeah. that you like took something we talked about and like made it your own because that's yeah. how everyone watching and hopefully that got a chance to listen to the show is going to be able to create that shit for themselves, right? We can read all the books and, and talk to all the people and listen to the mentors and the coaches all day long, but at the end of the day, we need to be able to apply it to our lives. Yeah. And if, if what that amazing author said sounds amazing but then I try it and I can't do it then immediately I'm thinking well I must be an asshole I must be a failure I must never be able to achieve the things that I want and live the life that I'm dreaming of because I couldn't do it like he or she said it in their book. right and it's right. just I love so much that you took something I shared and you made it yours because that is what we can all that's the only thing we can hope for make yeah. it our and so you just pointed again. So like we're all, I love that this is organically going back to like your main three points, right? So when you mentioned, if you listen to this author or if you hear us speaking and you try it for yourself and you're like, well, it doesn't work for me. Well, like I'm a failure, like, fuck, you know, what's wrong with me? We take it as this internalized thing. Which, you know, there's psychology behind that. It's just the way your brain works. It's not you. Um, there's also reasons and patterns like, why the first couple times you try something it doesn't stick always and it's something where that's like back to the first point right like trying to learn everything that analysis paralysis like we learn so much we're like well this works for them and this works for that person but it's contradicting and so when that happens we're just like well screw it yeah. and you know <laughs> like it's something where then nothing gets done and then we just stay the same it can be very frustrating um experience and so i love that we are having this conversation so that we can validate in that regard and be like no like yeah. what works for margo like i changed it a little bit and that worked really well for me if you try that if you try either or none of them might work for you but you know what five things might it's like i just say it's all r d a lot and so that's i feel another example of that and a testament to it um totally one of the other things that came up, like I mentioned in terms of like checking myself is I like the phrase, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Right. 
And so I found myself after listening to our conversation, just really like taking it like to basics in that term. Like, am I doing things that are a hell yes for me? And what I've found, and this actually didn't come up until like right here, we're, we're sitting here having this conversation, which happens. That also happened whenever um, I was talking with you and Abby. And so I was thinking, you know, I got really pissed like earlier and I, I'm not a mad person. Like I used to be very angry, but I got really pissed and I started to think, you know, I think it's because I have been saying yes to things that I'm just kind of like, meh about yeah. like, I, I'm not really opposed, but I'm not really, you know, like this is something that's I want to do. And so having that realization um, now like I'm excited to see how that looks tomorrow and how that looks like after I processed it. And so, yeah, just all coming back to this notion of creating the life on your terms. Yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, I feel, it feels like the kind of thing where like you hear all these quotes, like, like you had mentioned in our episode, it was like, do you right. Or like YOLO. <laughs> and it just sounds so cheesy. And, but the sentiment is wonderful and awesome, but it's about how do I get there? Right. It's like, how do we do the things we want to do? And so I love the phrase, like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And that's new to me. So I'm going to have to put that in my back pocket because it's like, yeah. And, and But in our episode, I did talk about sparking joy. It's like finding the finding intention for joy, right? Seeking the joy. You have to sometimes find it. You can't, it doesn't just show up or pile itself on you, especially if, you're not prone to feeling joyful, which not everybody is, and that's okay, yeah. normal, right? So like actively seeking out the things that are a hell yes, the things that are gonna spark passion, the things that bring you joy, anything from like going for a walk for five minutes to you know clear your head or booking a trip to Europe, right? Like it could literally be anything at all. If, it, if you're passionate about it, if it drives you, if it excites you, if it's a hell yes, if it sparks joy, it's like move towards that. And like yeah. recently I've heard, um, again, just because I'll be quoting her forever on Glennon Doyle's podcast, she talked about um, moving towards what feels warm. Mm. And as like a very, like as a yogi and someone who um, is actively always having to work to be embodied, because I'm, I'm an anxiety warrior. And so I live a lot up here and in my head. And so actively working to drop back into my body. And so I really, I've been holding on to a lot these last few weeks since I heard her mention it, it was like move towards things that feel warm, just makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and things that feel warm are typically things that light you up, right? That bring you joy, that um, make you happy, that you are passionate about and you're driven to explore. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And okay, shall we dive into some of the polls and see what people had to say? Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. So um, speaking of loving the life that you're living and doing things that spark joy, uh, we asked, as it stands today, would you say that you have successfully created a life on your own terms? The results, drum roll please. 47% said in some areas, but not all. 29% said yes, totally. And 24% said no, not at all. Mm. What did you think about that? I thought, well, I mean, first of all, I, I was, I thought it was interesting that the, the majority, right, feels like it's a little bit of both. Right. And that the other two responses were pretty close in their ratio, right? It was like 24%, 29%, right? I think yeah. what you just said. And so it's like, 
A, I felt like, ah, it's not just me and that's awesome, right? That like, even though I, I, I'm happy with, I'm very happy with my life, I feel like it's moved in the right direction. I'm, you know, I'm doing more for hell yes and less for what the world wants me to do. Um, I still felt kind of seen and validated in my own experience, right? Like in some areas of my life, I'm still really working hard at creating a life on my own terms. And in other areas, it feels really solid and good. And I feel like a foundation has been laid and I can rest on it a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I felt, I felt validated in my own experience. I really feel like once again, it feels like um, no one knows what they really want to a certain extent, um, or they haven't done the inner work or asked themselves really maybe, what do I deeply desire? Or they're afraid of the answer, which yes. was, that was me for a long time. Like when I was not ready to leave the four walls of the cage of my classroom, people kept asking me like, you know, what is it that you feel like you're, you're wanting to do? What's calling to you? And I was really afraid to ask myself that question. And as someone who spends a lot of time meditating and journaling and um, thinking and overthinking, <laughs> I felt like, wow, why am I afraid to answer this question, right? What am I kind of hiding from? And what I was hiding from was the fear of failure, the fear of stepping out of my comfort zone, the fear of the unknown, right? And so I feel like I could resonate with the people that took that poll because while, because it's just an act of practice like everything else about life, right? Yeah. Like, and Abby and I talk a lot about that on our show. We're anxiety warriors. That doesn't mean that, and we have all, lots of tools and strategies, but that doesn't mean they work all the time. That doesn't mean that um, we don't have to keep working at them, that we don't have right. to keep actively practicing being human beings because right. human being is really hard work. Um, right. so it's yeah. all just R&D. Right, exactly. So yeah, that yeah. was kind of like what that whole response made me feel. What about you? Yeah. I was not surprised in the sense that I figured the majority would be yes and no. Right. Like I figured it would be so, like what you said, like some areas and others, that's still, like what I responded. Um, I mean, I didn't respond to, to these polls, but that's what I would have responded. And um, for, yeah, it's interesting, like the yes, totally. And the no, not at all. And so Abigail said, I wonder if Ginger played a role in that, which is interesting. Also, I love that her and Drew are having like a love fest in the comments. Um, and when I was thinking about this, I'm like, so, I mean, I get to see, like, who said what, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. I'm looking and, like, one of the people that said yes, totally, like, just got proposed to, like, <laughs> and so I'm, like, okay. these things, like, it, it's all, again, like, R&D, right? Like, it's all that, you know, what's happening for you personally right here, right now. And I think that, I think it's a good blend. I think that, you know, we are all going through stuff. And I think that this is just a testament to that because the majority of people pretty balanced, yes and no, in some areas, not others. And then, yeah, it's like an even split, pretty, pretty even split for the rest of like, yes, totally. I'm glad that more are yes, totally. And I think yeah. that that is a, right. Like that was cool to see. And I think that's a testament to the knowledge and the awareness that we do have on these devices that you're watching us own to go forth and seek out, you know, solutions and tools. And so I'm glad that it seems to be that people are actually doing that. So, yeah, no, I was happy to see that 
for some reason in my head, I figured that the yes totally would have been an even smaller number. Yeah. So I don't know why I thought that probably just my own like negativity bias, but like, I was like, Oh, does anyone really want, is anyone really just fully fulfilled in all aspects of their lives? So good right. on those folks. But as you said, it could just be a little bit of like dopamine from recent, um, engagements or, you know, really happy experiences um, or really negative experiences, yeah. right? That have impacted a person's answer. It's like, that's what I love about thinking about polls too, because it's really just a snapshot in time. Like literally you could ask that person the same question in an hour or tomorrow and the answer could like be completely different. So yeah, it's a cool snapshot yeah. of time. It is a cool snapshot. And you set us up really well for some of the questions that we asked following that. One of them being, if you could pinpoint what has kept you from creating the life that you want, what would it be? So what's that block? And so I had, or we provided the options, fear of failure, which 45% of people, that's the majority, said that that's the reason why. We also had limiting beliefs, which 18% of people, another 18% of people said societal expectations. So something that you mentioned. 9% um, of people said all of the above, mm -hmm. and they commented, especially the fear of failure, um, and that they don't know what their ideal life looks like, because that was an option. Yeah. And then another 9% just slid in with an inner their own type of response and said external forces not allowing them to take full control of their career or lifestyle. And yeah, Abigail just said the pandemic. I mean, external force, I would say that that's like another one. Um, or fall under that category. So, right. yeah. Um, but I did think that it's cool that a lot of people recognize it's that fear of failure. Yeah. Like almost half, like 45%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, again, and maybe it's just the people that you have that take, that are taking these polls, but like, it feels very validating for my own existence. I mean, I hate to make it about me, but I feel no, like, make it about you. you know, it just feels like, wow, that's sad, but interesting, right? It's like how many of us have been moving through life afraid of failing yeah. and how, because of the shiny objects of on social media, we assume that no one's failing. We're not seeing failure. It's not being presented in a way, right? That feels authentic and tangible and like, well, if that person kept failing over and over again, but was still able to make it work, or if that person kept failing, but was still able to find joy and peace or happiness or whatever the circumstance, yeah. it just feels like, wow. It was just like an aha, like, okay, I'm not the only one that kept myself from doing things that I knew that I really wanted for way longer than I maybe could have or should have because yeah. I was so afraid of failing. And yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have enough role models in the world telling me like, oh no, I failed dozens of times and here are all the ways I failed. And I mean, it just, not too long ago, I had a conversation with a couple of women that do the work that I do in teaching um, in the kids yoga world. And for the first time in all the years that I've known them, they talked pretty frankly about how many times they failed or like fucked up relationships with former business partners or I mean and it was just like I felt like my whole body exhale it was like oh okay it's normal that everything didn't work out so great those first few years and that even after this many years I'm still learning so much and I'm still struggling um yeah so yeah I just feel like 
it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 And to, so yeah, though I'm surprised more people, I'm surprised no one said, I don't know what the life I want looks like. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. Like that was surprising to me because even whenever you were just saying, um, you know, earlier when you were speaking about your experience and it's like, you were afraid to consider like, what, what does it look like? You weren't sure. I had a flashback to when baby Jana, she had like just moved to Florida and she was at like this party and someone had introduced me to this venture capitalist and um, they're like, he would be good for networking, like, you know, introduce yourself, blah, blah, blah. Um, or they introduced me. And so we were talking and he was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I've done this and I've done that and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, no. But what do you want to do? Not what have you done? And I just remember being like, huh. What <laughs> do, like, I, I didn't know. I was like, what do I want to do? And so that... Like, I still come back to that moment. Like, I remember, like, where we were staying in the kitchen. I remember what I was wearing. <laughs> and so I messaged, I messaged him a, a couple years ago just to tell him, like, thank you. Because, like, no one had ever – it was always like, yeah, do what you want. But no one ever told me, like, how to figure out what that was. It was just kind of like, I don't know. And so, yeah, yeah um, I'm surprised. Mission <clears throat> to, like, think about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm surprised that more people didn't – say that it's because they don't know which is cool I'm glad that people know but also I'm I'm curious because I, I love these questions because then I'm always like I have follow-up questions I'm like so what does your ideal like like is that is that your ideal life or is that what you see as the popular norm or what seems cool and so that's why you think it's your ideal because you're yeah. taking someone else's narrative and like making it your own like which yeah. is it but yeah right. I feel like we don't know. I mean, that's, that's part of what we're saying. It's like, we feel like we don't, somehow we've been given the message that we don't deserve to even think about creating a life that we want. Yeah. Right. Because from a really young age, kids are fed with societal expectations. They're fed with rules that they didn't create for themselves. They're fed with conditioning that they didn't come up with in their, on their own, right. They're products of, nurture and nature and it just feels like clearly somewhere along the way there wasn't any conversation or permission structure passed when you were like five years old like what do you want to be when you grow up but then no one actually talks about you know the how or yeah. people assume that what do you want to be when you grow up it's like you pick some kind of uh community helper job and then like that's it yeah. so it's like thinking outside the box too and and literally creating whatever life it is that you want without while letting go of what everyone else is doing like yeah. you said and what we think we should be doing yeah which again goes back to your number three like letting go of the societal expectations so yeah. um yeah it's if you have not listened yet do not delay once you're done watching this so the third thing we asked is what does your best life look like, right? Because we, 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 we're good with this. We're like, if anything is possible, what does it look like? Like, let's see. And so the majority of people, 43% said living freely. And with that, we mean like emotionally, like financially, just like, you know, essentially like life on your terms. Right. 29% said overall in good health, emotionally, physically, mentally. 14% uh, said all of the above. And the other two options that we had was an even split, 7% and 7%. Being able to speak my truth at all times, 
and happy relationships. Yeah. I mean, what, what really jumps out to me here is that the number for all of the above is small. Right? Like, in my mind, it's like, in my ideal pie-in-the-sky life, why wouldn't I have all of these things? Right? So fascinating. It, yeah. Like, is it because people don't think that they deserve to have everything? Like, yeah, why would you not want to live freely, be in good health, emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, um, be able to speak your truth and have happy relationships? Like, that sounds like flourishing to me. If you go listen to episode 56, like PERMA and the concepts of like positive psychology, like what it means to flourish, like those are things. <laughs> those are all things. <laughs> so why would you only want some of them? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Like when you had sent me these poll answers, I, that this one was the most surprising to me. It was like, wh why don't we want everything? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're not, we're not saying you're going to get everything and that's right. all going to be handed to you. And even if you work really hard, you may not get even anywhere near all of those things. But again, we were talking about like, if there were no limits on what you could have. And so I did find that number interesting. And I think what you just said is 100%, at least in my mind, correct, which is like, people don't feel like they deserve shit. They feel like they're asking for too much. Like just a really random example. I or was like, they have to earn it. Yes, exactly. And it's like, even if you're busting your ass and you're working really hard, a lot of people, women, especially a lot of women I'm in community with feel like they can't ask for more. Yeah. And it's just like, and I don't even, I'm not just talking about financially, but like in this one instance I'm about to share, it was about money. And I was part of this group of like, um, fempreneurs and like coaches and stuff. And one of them was like said to the somebody else, if you could make however, how much money do you think you could make every month to make you feel like you were living completely financially burden free, right? And she was kind of like looking at her bookkeeping and she was like, well, I think I'd be great with like, say like $6,000 a month, right? And the person asking her was like, why would you if we're talking about, you know, complete financial freedom, why are you even looking at your book of like your bookkeeping, right? Like mm -hmm. we're talking about like, if you could just make any amount of money in a month, right? What would it be? I'm not saying you're going to get that. You may work really hard and never get that. But like, so then she was like, Oh, shit, like, I didn't even realize that I could ask for more than what I would just make me comfortable. Yeah, right. It was like, she wouldn't even admit to herself that maybe she wants $20,000 a month, right? Like, yeah. who, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> or who wouldn't want $100,000 a month, right? Like, so just in that one small example, I just feel like we live in a society and especially and again, as a woman, I want to speak for myself in that lens. I feel like we're fed messages from all over that like, stay small, stay quiet, don't ask for what you want, don't demand, you know, the things that you want in the workplace, in your home life, like whatever the situation. So yeah, so interesting, that small number for like, I love that. Yeah, I think it goes back to self worth for me. Yes. And I think that you're so right, because we are kind of conditioned to like, stay small, and to not take up a lot of space. And so that looks like not negotiating salary, that looks like not asking for what you want in the bedroom, that looks like not telling the waiter, hey, I said no onions. <laughs> like, yeah, was, like he, so many things. And so, yeah, uh, if you're listening, this is your invitation and encouragement to do more things that make you say hell yes and say no to things that aren't that. Um, and yeah, to, to ask for more, ask for a little bit more. Why not? Whatever capacity. Yeah. Um. 
the next question we asked was, if you had to pick one area that would make the biggest impact on creating a life on your own terms, what would it be? Taking action on the things I know I need to do, majority, 36%. The other 29% said getting clear on my desires, which is interesting because in the previous question, not the most recent one, but the, the one short, like the second question, right? no one said that they didn't know what that was. And so that tells me that like, maybe you have an idea, but it's not like fully, fully fleshed out. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You're one. <laughs> um, the other 29% was seeking community, like-minded individuals that support in whatever endeavors they're looking for. And then 7% said other, but no one deemed me to tell me what the other was. Um, but <clears throat> taking action. So again, I think that that goes back to like the fear of failure, right? Yeah. Like what if I don't do it? What if I can't do it? What if I can't, you know, be consistent with it? And then the getting clear thing, like I said, that's just interesting. Um, and the community part, I think that that could go back to a bit of fear from like rejection from the community. If like, well, what if I can't do it and they think that I'm a piece of shit or yeah, that was an extreme example, but like those kinds of things. So those are kind of my take on that. I went right into that. What, what do you think about these results? Yeah, I, I was definitely interested in, in how close the first two were. And I do think that it goes back to what you mentioned in our episode, which is like the analysis paralysis, right? It's like the reason why people aren't taking aligned action to create that life that they really, really are seeking is because they may be overthinking it in the way that I know I did for years and still struggle with. Right. And that's why I have my to-do list of free things and no more, because that's what works for me. And Jonna has hers now of nine things in the various aspects of you, which I love. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought that I was unsurprised as well that I'm not alone or we're not alone in that camp of overwhelming our plates with so much, because as you said in the beginning, it's like, um, we live in a world that doesn't validate our existence unless we're being productive. Cause if we're not productive, we're useless. Apparently again, this is all sarcasm <clears throat> across. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that the, the fact that the highest percentage was about like, we're saying fear of failure right, going that goes hand in hand with not taking the action needed to get to where we want to go in life. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and I guess, and that, what was the second one? The 29%, Getting clear on my desires and seeking community. They were both 29. They were both 29. Yeah. So like, this is probably like the order that I would be, if I was answering these polls in this way, that this would be my order as well, which is interesting to me. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, we have an idea, but again, it's that talking about analysis paralysis, like you just said, like oftentimes we think it's going to take so much. We think it's going to be hard that instead of actually creating a sustainable step, creating like your three things, my nine things that are going to slowly move us there. Right. We just do nothing because we're like, it's just going to be too much. And the small, simple things that we do day after day, that's boring. That's not sexy. It's not like that instant gratification, which we have been conditioned to uh, except as normal with yep. Amazon in two days or one day with, you know, food delivered to our door in an instant with, you know, right. matches and hookups like on our phones with some swipes. And so it makes sense that we wouldn't want to do these things like day after day, like these little things where we don't really see like the biggest impact. And so um, 
Yeah, that's that we're not used to discomfort, right? Yeah. Or like we've grown really accustomed to everything being comfortable and easy. And I know I'm speaking from my own personal experience there too. And again, active practice, but like when I notice myself getting agitated about say simple things, right? It's like, hang on a second. It's <laughs> what you need to go a little bit deeper, right? This mm -hmm. isn't really about the fact that my Amazon package arrived a day late, although that might be really annoying, right? It's probably something deeper rooted that I'm struggling with. And so yeah. having that willingness to explore that, right, in, in, internally, um, and seeking out my community for support or at least validation or understanding that like, hey, I'm kind of freaking out right now about X, right? And I know that you struggled with that at one point. Like, can you help talk me off the ledge about this? And again, not really about an Amazon package, but like if we're speaking about life in broader terms, we've just gotten really used to everything being a little bit easier and not, and, um, not uncomfortable. And yeah. so stepping into discomfort is sometimes really scary and daunting and may not be fun, may be really irritating, but it's like, we gotta get shit done. We have to get shit done. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because so me and Josh Black from episode 50, we're actually going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about, oh, and Dee just joined. He knows Josh. So we're actually going to be talking about that and how like no one's bored anymore and how we live in this era of comfort. I got a book because Josh sent me this clip. I'll send it to you after we hop off here. Um, and the author wrote a book called The Comfort Crisis. And it talks about like, we can adjust our thermostat. That's also like what Wim Hof talks about in terms of um, like, oh yeah, you, you bought the ice bath. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> yeah, like just being uncomfortable, like, yeah. And I think that that, I think that that plays into creating a life on our own terms because like what you shared and thank you for being vulnerable and doing that, like it's not all easy peasy and not enough people show that. And also, I think we don't want to see that, like, always <laughs> as well. Like, let's just be honest. Like, if I'm wanting inspiration, I want to see someone doing the damn thing. I don't want to necessarily see someone driving the struggle bus. So I get it. Interesting. That's so interesting because, like, for me, it's the exact opposite. I, I feel inspired by everyone's failures because it makes me feel less like less of a failure. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want that to maybe be all the things I'm consuming from that. Right. But I'm good with like a 50, 50 type situation. I'm good with a 60, 40 situation because that to me feels really authentic. That to yeah. me feels like someone who's really showing up in his or her power yeah. because it's fucking powerful and brave to talk about freely all of your pitfalls, all the, you know, peaks and valleys of life or relationships or business or whatever. And so to me, that feels really supportive. So like, but a lot of them are met the messages in our media tell us like, no, no, paint the shiny picture, look over here, right? Like dangle the shiny object over here, stare at all the pretty people doing all their amazing things. So, and then again, speaking for me personally, that typically makes me feel worse about my own situation in life. And so I'm truly inspired by someone who is fully themselves in all of their like grossness or and glory. I want yeah. both. I want grossness and glory. I love that grossness and glory. And yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get what you're saying. We all love a hero's journey. We love the come up. We love someone who's overcome. Right. And I too enjoy knowing about those kinds of things. Um, I don't know, 50-50 for me. That might be... <laughs> 
that might be for me i might be a little bit too much like oh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i need to see a little more like a a little more of the the achievement um but i do like to to learn and like see people who have we think we spoke about this like talk about your scars not your wounds and so um whenever people are able to clearly articulate and like speak to like their experience I do enjoy that I also enjoy like the raw like emotion behind what people are going through a lot of times um but also I'm not someone who is like I don't know maybe because like I'm I'm so in it with like my clients and like my friends and stuff and so like we're in it a lot we're in the trenches a lot and so for my inspiration like yeah I like to see people who are like looking back on that who can like talk about like yeah I was but like now I'm here and so um I like the little flashbacks in that sense so yeah that's cool that's cool I know I love that I love that we have a different perspective on it and I can appreciate what you're saying you know like I feel and it's it Abby and I just did um our most recent podcast episode on anxiety warriors was all about consuming the news Mm, and how deeply troubling and anxiety inducing that can be and so trying finding the ways of um being mindful about and intentional about how we consume the news how often um, what kinds of news that we ingest. And um, so our whole episode is just fa- focused on that. And what you just said kind of reminded me of that. It's like, we can be really selective and intentional about all of these things. And so it's like, I love that how we're inspired might be a little bit different, but we're curating that uh, that for ourselves. Again, finding yeah. our life on our terms, right? I don't have to see those, the shiny object or mostly the wins with a few hints of struggle in order for me to feel inspired. Right. And so like, and, and what you said makes total sense to me too. So it's like having the, the ability to be intentional about what we consume can be game changing, right. And helping us to create what we want. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about, and I know you do too, about doing inner work, connecting to your inner knowing about your deepest desires and curating a life that you want. But yeah, we do need to be inspired by what other people are doing. It's just, it goes back to the community piece. It goes back to um, just the seeking of not going through something alone. Yeah. Right? And so I love that we kind of like full circle that. And yeah, like seeing that it's possible. Like we only know, you know, what we know through our lens. And so, yeah, it's important to see things from other people. I haven't listened to that episode yet. I'm going to have to because... Josh Brentnell and I did a two-part episode on your how social media is impacting your mental health. And so, yeah, we spoke about, like, how it's essentially, like, trauma porn. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's just so much. And so um, I love that. Like, I'm definitely going to listen. Um, one of the questions that we got from someone was, how do you – navigate external factors like the pandemic or lack of community or other hurdles. What would you say to that? Well, the first thing I would say is that's really hard, right? Like, let's just be real and acknowledge that so much about the external factors are are external for a reason. They're things that we cannot control. Um, But what, what I would say first is to work to take solace in the things that you can control, right? The things that you consume, again, thinking about the news, but more broadly, the things you consume in your body, the things you consume um, in conversation, right? So just being really intentional about um, 
finding those moments of peace, finding the solace and the things that you do have control over, right? What you do in the here and now, you might be able to have more control over that than you think. Yeah. Like we can't control the fact that we're dealing with a pandemic or that, you know, um, maybe your community lives on the other side of the world, right? But we also have access that we didn't used to have access to. Like I can speak personally, um, when I was a teacher, I had a built-in community, right? It was like everybody that worked in my school, we were all together in this bubble. And then when I branched out on my own and became a small business owner and an independent contractor, um, and started doing things for myself, I had no more community. And so I felt like really lonely and isolated in my work. And it brought me so much joy doing the actual work, but I had no one to talk to. I had no one to commiserate with. And I was really fucking lonely, like all the time in it. And I had Abby and like a handful of people, but like we were all teaching in different places. We didn't have like the basket where like, we're all in this together yeah. in this one physical space. And so thinking about say like the lack of community or pandemic, since that kind of came up as some external factors, um, it's gonna be about you actively working hard then to find that for yourself. Like again, once in a lifetime pandemic, is gonna be a lot trickier. But like going off of what I'm saying about community, I had to really bust my ass to cultivate that in a way that didn't feel organic for me in the beginning, which is like here on Instagram, here in social media. I had to really be vulnerable, put myself out there, reach out to accounts that inspired me, ask questions, you know, talk to the people that would talk to me and try to build and flourish relationships with them. And and over time it was a little bit of a slow burn, but now I feel like I have this whole wonderful basket of people that don't live anywhere near me, that do what I do, that I can always find resources from, that I can commiserate with, that I can ask questions to, or just be like, I had a really shitty day. Can you just like talk me off a ledge, like whatever. And, but it's going to take time. So like be kind and compassionate to yourself. Understand that there's a lot of work you may have to do um, to, get past some of those external factors. You may have to do some comfort zone leaps that may not feel good going back to that discomfort. Um, but in the long run might be really, really supportive. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, doing what you can with what you like can control. I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, so often not that this person is doing that, but I think that we do just kind of like, Oh, well it's hard and don't do it like you said and so um i love that like you said you started to get out of your comfort zone and like well how can i create community and so i think that's really important thank you for sharing that and look being a hero's journey of your own right like wanting community and being resilient and overcoming and finding that and so um like you mentioned like it's not easy um it's hard and in terms of like the pandemic I think that Abby and I actually had um, an episode where we spoke about like loss of your identity, like grieving the loss of your identity, because so many of us did whenever we experienced this pandemic, because we have these anchors, right, that kind of say like, well, this is normal. Like I go to work every day. I go to the gym after that happy hour on Thursdays. And whenever that's literally just, you know, taken away overnight, then it's really startling for rightfully so right like we are creatures of habit 
it makes us feel safe to have that consistency. That's why good habits, bad habits, however you look at them, like your brain's like, nope, this is what we do because this is what's normal for us. And so when you are working to navigate those situations um, like a pandemic or any other hurdle, and like you spoke to so beautifully, the community aspect of it, I think my answer is the same and find your new anchors that like can't be taken away. Like let's say you, you know, go for a walk every day and maybe it's something where it's like, okay, I do it at 10 AM, but you can also do it at like, you know, 12 noon. Like it's like that the thing is still consistent. And so look at what it is that you can create consistency with, because that's going to help you regulate your nervous system and to feel like you are in control and that then therefore on a very basic biological level will help you to feel safe. And so when you are looking to create a life on your own terms, start with like, you have to be in a good state. And that is something that happens whenever you do feel safe, basic, basic hierarchy of needs, um, you know, physical safety. And so it's something where do what you, again, can do within your control to start to establish some of those anchors and then build from there. Then start to, you know, figure out like, okay, what is it that would make me feel even safer kind of a thing? What is it that would be a small consistent step that is sustainable that I can do day after day? It's not going to be sexy, right? but I like to equate this a lot to like working out, like when people are like, oh, how do I, you know, get a you know, body or how do I you know, do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, you have to do it every day. Like, it's not something that's just going to happen. Like, I mean, you can like essentially torture yourself by eating boiled chicken and broccoli and sticking to a very strict regimen. But let's be honest you're probably then going to quote unquote fall off the wagon and then feel bad about yourself because that's not sustainable. Right. And so it's not something where these people that you see that have a certain aesthetic or physique, if you will, it's not that they, you know, ate boiled chicken and broccoli, which granted some people have toxic relationships with food in their body. That's a whole, we're actually talking about toxic diet culture next week, but like the people who have a good relationship with food in their body, they've done things like day after day. Like I have worked out five to six days a week for literally like a decade at this point. So it's not like this just happened and that's not me to like brag or anything, but that's a testament to the fact that it wasn't this one workout. It wasn't this one thing. It wasn't this one book. It's that I've been doing the same unsexy shit day after day for a long ass time. (laughs) Yeah. And it serves you, right? So like you're doing it because it serves you in probably more ways than one. Right. And so like, I love that because, and I love this as an example, because it's, it may not be fun. You may not want to show up for it all the time, but you do because a, it's a habit and a good one. And B, you know that you're going to feel good in the long run because of it. Right. And so like, I think the same is true for all of the sustainable habits that we're talking about is that, you have to come up with them for yourself. They can't be like your workout regimen, I'm sure would not fly with me. You know, like I work out every day too, but I'm sure the things the, the weights you're lifting are not the weights I'm lifting. Right. Or, and yes, we have different bodies in general and, and we fuel ourselves maybe differently. Right. And that's why 
again, it's getting away from the point a little bit, but I feel like if we're speaking about habits more broadly, it's not going to be easy. It may not be fun, but if you've been able to make it sustainable to the point where you're not resenting it because it brings you so much in your life at the end of the day, then, I mean, keep running towards that, literally. Yeah. Keep running towards those, yeah. those types of ways of being because yeah. that's that's it. That I mean, if you're feeling good, like let's just speak more, like stepping back, it's like if you're feeling good, you mentioned the nervous system, right? When you're feeling safe in your body, safe in your mind, you're feeling soothed, that's the only way you're gonna be able to tackle anything, right? Unless we have our basic needs met, we can't be expected to create or be yeah. able to have the time or space or energy to design a life on your own terms. Because you're just gonna be in survival mode. Right, yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. And something that I wanted to, like last thing on this, I mean, unless you have more to say, but that, yeah, the, these things that you do, like the non-sexy things day after day, they, until it doesn't become work anymore, that's you creating a life on your own terms. That's you becoming a different person. That's no longer this thing that I'm doing so that I get this result. It's that I have this result because this is just the thing that I do. And so, yeah, yeah I love that. And that's essentially, yeah. How to, so that is how you create a life on your own terms. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming. Joe says, I find that people tend to relate to habits as bad or negative. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of us typically tend to, you know, we have a negativity bias. And so we're going to put more, like those things are going to weigh heavier on us, um, the bad habits. But to the extent that you have bad habits is you can have and create good habits to the same degree. It's yeah. just a matter of, again, doing the work because the bad habit or negative habit served you at some point. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. Otherwise, you would have never done it. But it's that that thing served you so well for so long, but now you've evolved. And that's like something that you said too that I wanted to touch on like in terms of fitness. Like I, I used to want to do it because I wanted to change my body. But then I had a shift and I was like, okay, so I don't necessarily care as much about what it looks like, but I wonder what it can do. And so that was when I kind of started to shift my perspective and my mindset up here and um, I love what you mentioned as well, because about like our workouts aren't the same. My relationship has evolved like with that thing. Like I no longer do it again for the purpose. Like now it's more like a movie meditation for me. And so um, again, it's not something that I have to think about like, oh, how am I like, God, I've got to do this. It's something where I'm like, no, this is just what I do. It's just a matter of like fitting it in somewhere now. Right, no, I love that. And I, I just speaking back to like, people relating habits as bad or negative. It's like, I think sometimes folks um, equate habits too with like expectations, like, like mm. a difference between a habit and it's something that is for you and then an expectation, which you might have expectations for yourself, but just thinking about again, what the world feeds us about what we're expected, what our bodies are expected to do, what they're expected to look like, how they're mm -hmm. expected to move, right? And so that can be a slippery slope too. Um, so I feel whoever, it was a Joe that said that, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, it's like, we can change the relationship that we have with a habit with just sometimes simple language cues or, or yeah. changing up your mindset. And I'm not saying that's easy to do. It's an active mm -hmm. practice for me, certainly as a mindfulness teacher. Um, but, you know, I had said in our episode and, um, 
and on an episode that Abby and I had done recently with one of our former guests, he, he reminded us of the idea of like, we can have an I get to mindset versus an mm. I do mindset. It's like, I get to exercise my body. I'm privileged to be able to do that, right? I get to create the life that I want because I have X, Y, and Z already in place, right? And just yeah. sort of changing up our mindset um, towards the positive. I'm not saying that's easy either, but it's something we practice, right? It's like with anything else, we're not going to be experts, maybe ever. Um, and I love the, the idea of looking at our lives as something we can actively participate in and actively practice getting better at. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And we had asked other people as well, what is some shit that you wish someone told you about creating life on your own terms? You shared your top three things and some responses that people chimed in with um, were that, that it is possible and that you can start at any time. Brilliant. Community helps. Being close to the things you like helps, which also true, the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like what you're saying about community. Um, Someone else said, me first, always doing things to make others happy. Me first, um, and then giving. It's a different feeling. And so I was like, that, yeah. Like, whenever you're always trying to take care of others before putting, like, your own mask on, so to speak, <laughs> to take it to, like, the airplane yeah. analogy. And so I thought that that was, like, a really good one, too. It plays into, like, you know, again, like, the the guy asking me, like, what is it that I want to do? And me being like, oh, shit, what do I want to do? Like... <laughs> So yeah, I thought those were all great. That is and awesome. then someone else said not enough space here to share all the things. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I could resonate. I mean, it sounds like they're really aligned with so many of the things we talked about on this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, more more proof that the things that we, are on our minds when it comes to this shit is what's on a lot of folks' minds. Yeah, which is cool. Again, like you're not alone. So hopefully this is validating. So, okay, ma'am, how do we feel about some rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up? Let's do it. Okay. I'm excited about these. Um, so first and foremost, you know this one, how did you come up with your username? Okay. So, um, I, for everyone watching now or later, I'm calm cookie underscore kids yoga. So the calm cookie part. Now, when I, when I, my mom is a cake baker, not by, um, trade, but by big hobby and uh, on my first birthday, she was so excited to give me the birthday cake that she made, and I hated it. Now, my sister and brother and my dad, everyone in my family, obsessed with cake, loved it. Just literally, what kind of cake are we having tonight, mom, kind of situation. And um, I thought this was, like, the world's most disgusting thing. So since my birthday, I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not interested in cake. And so um, for the first time, I had a cookie stayed with my my parents for a really long time they were like it was like you were a different kid you were so excited you were just like eyes lit up and um so anyway long story kind of long <laughs> um it was a childhood nickname was cookie and it just kind of stuck with me and it stayed one of my biggest obsessions like i'm not a food sharer in general mm. don't ask me to share my cookies with you <laughs> I don't share my cookies with my husband. I don't share them with anybody. It's not even my five-year-old niece. No, this is my cookie. Get your own. Um, that was hilarious. Fault, to a fault a little bit. But anyway, um, when I was thinking about, and even like my, my friends from college, like I was just known as Cookie. It was always just a, uh, a nickname from some of my high school friends. And it stuck through the years. And so when I was um, coming up with a business name for myself, I love alliteration. Also just a mm. book and literary nerd. And so... 
as a kids yoga and mindfulness teacher, I was like, you know, I'm trying to always cultivate a sense of calm in my students or help them to find ways to return to calm when they're not feeling calm. And so I thought calm cookie was a fun, um, a fun name for it. That is fun. Calm cookie. Yeah. <clears throat> that is fun. That's Do you, fun. so what kind of cookies? I mean, all kinds of cookies, except oh. I really like Italian cookie. I don't like like rainbow cookies, anything too cakey. It's not for mm. me. Cause again, Cake. Like cake. So it's got to be chewy, soft, crispy, crunchy. Those are all good. Very dense. I love a good chocolate chip. I love snickerdoodles, sugar cookies. In my children's book, Cookie Doga, I wrote a children's book. It's all about cookies, yoga, and mindfulness. It's like my whole life. I don't know anything about anything else except for these three things, basically. <laughs> and so I figured, you know, they say write what you know, right? So I was like, right. I'm writing about cookies and yoga and mindfulness, my three favorite things that support me in different ways. Um, so yeah, it's called cookie doga. <laughs> cookie doga. I love that. Do you give cookies out after your class? That was not one of the questions. No, no. I don't typically. I mean, I have before, but it's not oh. like a, uh, right. it's not a habit, let's say. I feel like, I feel like you should like throw them an Oreo. Like <laughs> maybe, although. Hold on, although what? battery can you see me still i can see you yeah okay so we may have to go a little faster because i feel like my phone's gonna die okay um what's a life hack you wish you knew sooner um i wish i would have known that i could set a timer for some of the more menial mm -hmm. tasks and then mm -hmm. like get as much of that menial task as i could get done mm -hmm. and then be done with it for the day so it's like set mm -hmm. the timer for a half hour for doing x that's no fun and guess what? And if I'm not done in a half hour, I can come back to it tomorrow and add another half hour to the time limit. I love that. Joe says now he wants a cookie. I'm telling you, Joe, go get yourself one. Don't wait. Well, she's <laughs> she's giving you lots of options. You were naming cookies. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Oh, I can yeah. send you some links. <laughs> send you some I'm not really, I'm not really a sweets person, but oh, if you, yeah, I just, but like chips, like plantain chips, that's another, that, that's a me thing. Okay. What's an awesome book that you wish someone had told you about? Um, let's see. I mean, I'm a huge reader. And so I feel like I've, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have one. I pretty much read all the books as soon as they come out from authors mm. that I follow. Um, Untamed. Do you like Glennon Doyle? Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I had mentioned in, in your show, I, I read right. Untamed four times, but like I knew it was coming out. Cause again, like I'm obsessive following her journey. So like I knew it was happening and I got the book like on pre-order and so like, I, I, if I could turn it around and just say like, I would just gift this book to everybody. If I had like mm -hmm. unlimited resources and funds, I would just like buy a copy for the whole world and make sure everyone read it. So yeah. I haven't, like, I haven't read it yet, but you, <gasps> I can't yeah. wait to read it. You better you, love it. <laughs> I've, I've heard really good things, but I have not read it yet, but that reminds me, I will add it to my list. Um, name a feel good go-to thing that everyone needs to know. Oh boy. Um, your breath is your power. Mm -hmm. Use it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're experiencing any kind of um, anxiety or struggle, if you're experiencing extreme excitement or joy, it is literally the anchor that your body needs to remind you that you're safe, to get through a, a struggle, a difficult situation. Just it's, and it's with you at all times and it doesn't cost a thing. Right. So like your breath is your power. Use it. I love that. Thank you for that. What do you wish all clients knew before working with you? Ah, uh, okay. Um, that yoga is for everybody, right? Yoga is for everybody. You don't need to 
be super flexible or have had some kind of practice previously. Like I teach mostly kids, but I also teach educators and like kids' parents and stuff like that. So like, I just wish that the whole world knew that yoga is for everybody. That doesn't mean you have to like it or do it, but if you're coming to me, right, because you're curious, um, know that it's for you no matter where you are in your life, like whatever age and stage you are. I love that. Okay, this is a fun one. What is something in your life today that you get really excited about that younger Margot would look at and be like, shaking my damn head? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I guess how often I'm watching, like, the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> <laughs> like, younger Margot, like, yeah. didn't give a shit about reality TV or, like, I mean, maybe, like, super old school, like, road rules, real world kind of reality TV. But, like, maybe it's just the fucked up nature of our world with this pandemic and just the structure of all the bad things that are happening. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I need some good baking show and it, only the British version because American reality TV is depressing and everyone's really competitive and angry. And so like the great British baking show is just the happiest, most joyful show ever. And like whenever I'm having a bad day and I need some bullshit TV to watch, that's a go-to. I was gonna say that's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> Younger Margo would be like, girl, why are you sitting on the couch watching people bake <laughs> she'd be like do something else do anything else yeah it's weird i like that question yeah so last week steven was like insoles i'm like what like insoles like for your shoes yes ah oh yes joe i agree their ovens are so cool they have like you can slide the door like underneath the oven it's like a total oh. space saver you never you don't have to like um I don't, it's hard to explain. You'd have to see it to understand. Interesting. Okay. Last question. Yeah. Um, if you could tell everyone just one thing that is some shit that you wish someone told you, what would it be? Oh, just that you have power and agency over your life, your own experience. Um, you may not have control over everything as we've said multiple times now, but you do have power. You do have agency. And you, if you don't, then we've got to find ways to help you believe that you do, right? Whether that's going to talk to a doctor, talking to trusted friends, therapy, reading, you know, whatever it is we need to, um, I would just want for everyone to know that you have some control. You have some power and agency over your choices, over the way you lead your life. And you, do, you can say, you can let go and also say fuck you to the world's expectations of you. Yes. I think that's great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, ma'am, those are all my questions. Thank you for being here. Thank you for going over time. What do you have going on and where can they find you? So everyone can connect with me, Margo, at um, comcookie underscore kids yoga, or I co-host the Anxiety Warriors podcast. You can find us on Instagram um, with my dear friend and um, co-host, Abby Wilbur. She's been on your show many times. Jonna was on our show. Um, we've all been connected for a while now, having so much fun over there. So calm cookie underscore kids yoga, anxiety warriors podcast, new episodes drop weekly. We do a bunch of anxiety topics. We also speak to um, a variety of fellow anxiety warrior guests. I teach kids yoga and mindfulness classes in person in the New York area, the Long Island and um, city area of New York, as well as virtually. I love connecting with schools and bringing this work to kids during their school day. Um, I love to teach workshops for teachers parents and uh mentor kids uh yoga teachers or people that are aspiring kids yoga teachers i also wrote a children's book cookie doga and so you can grab that on amazon um you can visit my website www.comcookie.org and um just say hi or ask me any questions about yoga or mindfulness for your kids 
or your students. And, um, you know, maybe we get a class on the calendar. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, I will make sure to link everything in the description so you can just tap on over. Um, and yeah, I want to I wanted to look more into this book because I think I might get it for the little ones in my life. Yeah, um, I'll I don't know why I DM me. I'll personalize it and mail you one. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, done. Okay. Yeah. Um, so thank you. And yeah, I will make sure to yeah. put everything in the description so you can just tap on over if you are not following Margot yet or Anxiety Warriors. Please go and do both. Like I said, they'll both be linked. Um, creating a life on your own terms is important for so many reasons, like we've spoken about today especially when it comes to your happiness and quality of life. And like we shared, you can read the things, you can listen to the podcast, you can, you know, um, take the courses. But what essentially happens is we end up putting ourselves in a state of analysis, paralysis and overwhelm. And we just think like, well, fuck, it's me. You know, like I just, the stuff doesn't work. Right. And that's precisely why I work with people to help them understand what works for them using something that I have created called the self system, which has been proven to help people actually create change. And before they even get to that point, um, it's important that everyone learns, you know, why the self help hasn't helped and what to do instead. And so I created a free series where I teach you just that. And so definitely make sure to head to when self help isn't helping.com or you can slide into my DMs and I break down step-by-step step why the self-help hasn't helped, what you can do instead, so that you can have an understanding that, hey, like, it's not you, it's that this is the way your brain works and, oh, here's what might be more effective for you and how to actually apply that. So that's what I have for you. Margo, thank you so much for being here today. This was uh -huh. a pleasure as always. I'm excited for our next one. Yes. And if you haven't checked out this week's episode yet, please do so. Should I wish someone told me 57, creating a life on your own terms, uh, YouTube, podcast, wherever you want to listen. If you found this conversation helpful today, if you find the podcast episode helpful, please do share it with someone that helps both of us. And on Monday, like I sneak peeked in there, I'm going to be having a conversation with Hannah Booth, who is a previous client of mine. We're going to be talking about toxic diet culture. And so that's going to be live um, Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern. And so you can listen to that YouTube podcast, whatever you would like. Um, otherwise, thank you so much again for being here and staying with us. And I hope that you have a great weekend. And next time you see us, make sure to let us know some shit that you or someone told you so that we can spread the word and help everyone just help, e help each other and help ourselves. Yes, ma'am. I love it. Thank you guys. Right. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jonna. Thank you. Bye. Bye.